Luke chapter 2. And we'll pick it up reading at verse 8, and then reading through verse 20 again this evening. May not our familiarity with this word lead us to not consider it, not to honor it, not to respect it, but that we might listen attentively to it and seek as well to learn what it is that God would say to us out of this word in this evening hour as well. So let us hear God's breathed out word to us today. And in the same region there were shepherds out in the field keeping watch over their flock by night. And an angel of the Lord appeared to them. And the glory of the Lord shone around them. And they were filled with great fear. And the angel said to them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good news, great joy, that will be for all the people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped in swaddling cloths and lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly hosts praising God and saying glory to God in the highest and on earth peace among those with whom he is pleased. When the angels went away, From them into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let us go over to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has made known to us. And they went with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the baby lying in a manger. And when they saw it, they made known the saying that had been told them concerning this child. And all who heard it wondered at what the shepherds told them. But Mary treasured up all these things, pondering them in her heart. And the shepherds returned glorifying and praising God for all they had heard and seen as it had been told them. This is the word of the Lord. Let's bow in prayer. Pray. Our gracious and heavenly Father, we thank you again for this account of the birth of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Father, we pray that you be with Pastor Bob now as he brings your message to us this evening. Father, grant us ears to hear. Please be with our pastor now as he delivers this message. Guide him, and Lord, may he preach your gospel boldly. Thank you so much for the opportunity to worship you this evening, and thank you for the incarnation of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Say this all in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So we want to look at three things from this particular section, and in fact, it's, it's mainly from the words of the first angel that comes to the, to the shepherds. So it's first of all the message of the angel, secondly, the message of the Lord and the expansion of his word, and then the message that comes to you and I today. So the message of the angel, the message of the Lord, and the message for today. It's good news, this message that the angels brings. It's good news. The shepherds, you'll note, are afraid, with good reason. If we look at the context in which the angel appears to them, we find the following. Verse 9, and the angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord 
shone round them. And they were filled with great fear. Why? Why are they so afraid? In fact, if we look back through, this was the same response of Mary when the angel Gabriel appeared, that she too was filled with fear. Why? Well, notice that in this passage, it speaks about the fact that the glory of the Lord was suddenly there. Another way to understand that glory of the Lord is the holiness of the Lord is becoming apparent to them. They realize that they are in the presence of holiness. They are in the presence of purity. They're in the presence of God's glory. A glory that that they've heard about. That that accompanied the people of Israel over the course of time. A glory that had taken up residence in the tabernacle. A glory that had taken up residence in the temple. A glory that, that we are told and that they have been instructed in. That if anyone were to see God, they're going to die. They're in the presence of the holiness of God. That's why I thought it was interesting Diamond selects holy, holy, holy Lord God Almighty. I think in, in our day and age we've, we've lost that understanding of the holiness of God and the, 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 the meaning of it and the realization of the perfection of God that one would be in the presence of. Because you see, when one is in the presence of God's purity and God's holiness, one understands and recognizes one's own sin. That's why they're afraid. They're afraid not because the light is bright. They're afraid not because an angel has appeared to them. They are afraid because of the glorious holiness of God. That is present there. And they recognize their own sin. Their own shame. Their own unworthiness. That they were unholy men. See and this has been long their reputation. They believe now that this is the moment of God's judgment. This is the moment of God's condemnation. All that they have been told by the religious leaders and all because they're, they're out there in the fields abiding and they're not going through the washing rituals. They're not going through the ceremonial cleansings. And because of, of their contact, they are unable to present the sacrifices as other Israelites were allowed to do. So not only are they sinful men, but there really is no avenue open to them for any sort of atonement. That door too is closed. And how much more so? Because as I have mentioned to you many times before, these are no ordinary shepherds. These are not just some guys who have the occupation of being shepherds. These are temple shepherds. They are keeping the flocks for temple sacrifice. So all of this comes down upon them. 
Here it is, the, the fact that, that they cannot make these temple sacrifices, the fact that they are sinful men, now in the presence of a holy God. It's no wonder they are of great fear. You and I too, apart from the grace of God in Jesus Christ, should recognize and realize what it is to be in the presence of a holy God. And what an amazing thing it is that which God has then done for us in Jesus Christ. So the very first thing the angel announces to these men who are quaking in great fear is, fear not. Wait, wait, wait a minute. No, I have not come to judge. I have not come to be God's angel of death. I have not come to be God's vengeful angel. I have not come to destroy you. I have not come to condemn you in your sinfulness. I have come with good news. The word that is used here to describe in verse 10 this good news is described by most commentators as being the fullness of the gospel. It's not a a truncated gospel. It's not a small gospel. It is the expansion of the gospel. I bring you good news. A baby's been born. And why should I not fear them? There's children born all over Israel. But that's not what they say. Notice the message of this angel. I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord. The fullness of the gospel on display. They don't just say, we've brought you a savior. One who can redeem you from your sins and then you can go about, live your life any way you jolly well please. No, this one who is your savior is also going to be your Lord. I hope you catch that when when we hear a profession of faith. And when somebody comes, even as we have heard Diamond tonight, and make that profession, it's not only do you know Jesus Christ is your Savior, but do you seek to serve Him as your Lord? The fullness of the gospel message, which is good news. Good news. We don't have to rule our own hearts anymore. We're not on our own throne. Thank God there's been a rebellion Thank God there's been an overthrow accomplished by the one who is the destroyer. Accomplished by Jesus Christ. So that yes, we're saved from our sins, but we're also saved from ourselves. We subject ourselves to the rule and reign of the one who is the Lord of Lords and the King of Kings. It is good news. Kelvin writes, the angel opens his discourse by saying that he announces great joy and next assigns the ground or matter of joy that a Savior is born. 
These words show us first that until men have peace with God and are reconciled to Him through the grace of Christ, all the joy that they experience in life is deceitful and of short duration. It's great joy. Christ the Savior, Christ the Lord, has been born this day. Secondly, it is for all to hear. I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. All the people. All kinds of people. It will be for all the elect. Particularly for all the elect. Good news of great joy for God. Covenant people. God's elect people. But Calvin says in regards to this that it is offered indiscriminately to all. Because it's not just a Jewish thing. It's not just for shepherds. It's for all kinds of people. Shepherds included. Those outcasts of society. Good news of great joy to you has been born. A Savior who is Christ the Lord. To the rich and wealthy who are so satisfied in and of themselves. Good news of great joy. A Savior has been born. He's Christ the Lord. Pompous, arrogant Pharisees. To you has been born a Savior who is Christ the Lord. To those who would persecute the believers in Jesus Christ. Good news. To you has been born a Savior who is Christ the Lord. To those, as we hear in the book of Jonah, who cannot tell their right hand from the left. Good news of great joy. To you has been born a Savior who is Christ the Lord. But isn't it interesting that the angel didn't say to us has been born? To us has been born. No, to you. Because there are only two groups of angels. Those who need no salvation because they have not fallen. And those who have fallen who shall never, ever be redeemed. Oh, how the angels of God long to look into the beauty of this. They get to announce it. They get to sing of it. They get to proclaim it. But only you and I, only mankind gets to experience The beauty of what it means to have a Savior. And Lord, to you is born this day in the city of David, a Savior who is Christ the Lord. And that's the good news. That's the fullness of the gospel. That a Savior has come, a soter, a deliverer. A preserver. 
I did not know that about the word Savior. I would, I would understand the aspect of a Savior being one who delivers. But a Savior is one who also guards and protects. A Savior is not one who saves you one minute and then loses you the next. But a Savior is one who not only delivers you, but preserves you. That's who was born. Not only the one who delivers us out of the hand of Satan, but the one who keeps us out of the hand of Satan as well. So that no one, nothing, can take me away from the Father's love because of Christ. Not because of me, but because of Christ. He is the one who is able to rescue fully, completely. Good news of great joy. For unto you is born in the city of David a Savior. Once again, just to emphasize it, not to become a Savior. He already is the Savior. He already is the Lord. See, and as, we, as I began to touch upon this this morning, this is just not what we would do. This is not the way in which we as, as mankind, not even in a sense we as redeemed mankind would do. We'd want a full-blown heaven opened A great conqueror riding a white horse coming into this world with the legions and legions of angels following him. Flashing their swords, destroying every unbeliever there is. Setting up his rule and reign. God comes. It's a baby. In a manger, wrapped in swaddling bands. Those that are used to to protect the little sheep, the little lambs from injuring themselves. This way God comes. And when he comes, it's like, well, you know, he really wasn't the Savior then. Oh no, he is the Savior. Because you see, with God, he doesn't need that which we think is needed to conquer. He can do it all through the babe of Bethlehem. The Savior and the Lord has been born. And if we doubt the power of that, think of Herod's reaction to all of this later. A ruthless man. A man of great cruelty. And yet he's shaking in his boots over a little baby that's been born. More threatening to his kingdom 
than any of the other threats that he has already eliminated. And he will enact his vengeance. But you cannot destroy the Savior and the Lord. Not all the power, not all the might of this world See, we, we, we often just think, oh, it's a cute little baby. Yeah, probably was cute. We forget now that's the Savior. That's the Lord there. What an amazing truth. What a great message the angel has to come. See, this is why Jesus is born. He is born for this. He is born to be this. He is born to be the Savior. He is born to be the Lord, the King of Kings. He is born to rule. He is born to reign. Oh, someday, someday, we shall see this differently. But here God comes silently. That which he accomplishes within the human heart by the power of of his spirit. It's beyond our capabilities to even begin to imagine what he has done. But you see, this is not just the message of the angel. This has been the message of the Lord. Christ came for this. Christ came To be the Savior. Christ came to be the Lord. This is why he was born. This is his purpose. This is the reason that all of this has taken place. That all of this history God has brought together in his providence for such a time as this. You know, we're used to the word of the Lord there in In Genesis 3.15, I referenced it again this morning, right? There shall come one from the woman who's going to deal with the serpent. I want you to note a passage that the New Testament church understood. It's found in 1 John chapter... Let me make sure I got the reference. Yes, 1 John chapter 3. Think about this in your Christmas celebration. 1 John 3 verse 8. Whoever makes a practice of sinning is of the devil. For the devil has been sinning from the beginning. And notice where we go in the next verse or the next sentence. We're going back to the garden. Here's John's understanding. The John's understanding of the one who is the word become flesh of Christ. He's taking Genesis 3, 15, and he's looking at it now through the lens of of Christ. And listen to what he says here in verse 8. The reason the Son of God appeared was to destroy the works of the devil. That probably doesn't get mentioned much at Christmas, right? 
That's not a popular thing to say. Why did Jesus be born? Why was Jesus born? To destroy the works of the devil. You know that little thing? Yeah. Yeah. That's already a blow. Because Satan has tried and tried and tried and tried to prevent it. But he has been unable. He hasn't been able to stop it. The reason the Son of God came was to destroy the works of the devil. Not just works out there, understand. Works in here. Our own sinful heart. Our own sinful nature. Our own idol-making factory of our own human heart. Christ came to destroy that which the devil has been doing. Not just here. There in the world too. It's like a Moses coming down from the mountain and smashing that golden calf. So too comes Christ into this world to destroy the devil's work. Soul by soul by soul by soul. So he never loses. Kingdom can only grow. The kingdom can only expand because Christ came to destroy the works of the devil. And we're either left with one of two things. We're either left saying, well, he's horribly inefficient or we're not seeing things as we ought to be seeing them. I'm going to trust God's work. I'm going to trust God's word. Christ came to destroy the works of the devil and that is precisely what he is doing even today. Or we could go, for example, okay, throughout the word, we could go to, to Numbers 24, where even out of the mouth of a false prophet, Balaam, comes the word, and the scepter shall not depart from Judah, or the ruler's staff from between his feet. The lordship of Christ. Or we could go to Genesis chapter 12, verse 3, where God, in speaking to Abraham, says that all the nations of the world shall be blessed through Christ. A Savior to all. Yes, yes. Genesis 12, 3. That's what's going on. That's what's happening. Isaiah 61. That he has come to heal the brokenhearted. He has come to bind the wounds. Yes. All those wounds of Satan. All those effects of sin. And when Christ on, on that day is healing folks and, and they say, what is all this? He says, this is the fulfillment of the word of the Lord. Do the blind see? Do the deaf hear? Do the lame walk? I have come to destroy the works of the devil. Throughout his word. This message is about Jesus. The one who is the one mediator 
the one who is the name that is above every name, that at his name every knee shall bow and every tongue shall someday confess. He is Lord. That's the message of the angel for today. Good news, guys, good news. Today a Savior has been born. He's Christ the Lord. Or we have 1 Timothy 1 verse 15 where we have been in recent weeks, right? That there is but one mediator. Oh, but we have to back it up, don't we? Turn with me again, okay? Because maybe we forgot this one. 1 Timothy 1 verse 15. The saying is trustworthy and deserving of full acceptance. That Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners. Why did he come? The angel said to be Savior, to be Lord. Paul tells Timothy, that's why Jesus came. He came to save sinners. Of whom I am the chief. Jesus himself had said in Mark chapter 10 verse 45. I've come to give my life as a ransom for many. See don't get lost in in all the other stuff. That gets associated with Christmas. Even the religious stuff that we that we put into this. Jesus Christ was born for this. To be Savior. To be Lord. For that is who He is. And forever shall be. Well that brings us then to today. Unto you. Is born this day. Unto you. That word of the Lord comes again and again and again. Has he? Has he been born for you? Well, to a certain extent we can say yes. But do we know it? Do we believe it? By faith that God has given to us, do we accept it? That yes, I am a sinner. That Jesus was born in that manger to save. Not out there, not other people, me. He came into this world. I think it's Augustine who who is pretty famous for saying, if I were the only person who had ever lived in time and in history, Jesus Christ would have come to save just me. Do you know that to be true? Has the Spirit opened your eyes so that you see this glorious truth that you as the chief of sinners have a Savior? Or maybe we just put it this way. Jesus Christ was born To save me. That's why. It's a reminder as well, isn't it? 
of what we've witnessed tonight. See, at first I, I kind of wondered, you know, do we do this? Do we, do we have this profession, this baptism on Christmas night? And the more I thought about it, the more I thought, you know, there is a sense in which we ought to save all baptisms and all professions for this day. Because Christ was born for this. To rule, to reign, to save, to be Savior and Lord. To do exactly that which we have heard from, from Diamond's own profession. That which we have witnessed by a baptism. Christ puts his name upon us. I belong to him. My only comfort. God, we sang it a few minutes ago. In life and in death is that I am not my own. But I belong body and soul to my faithful Savior, Jesus Christ. We've witnessed it. We've seen it. We've heard it tonight. Why did Jesus come? So we can sing some nice Christmas carols. Jesus came so we could run around in a frenzy trying to find presents and gifts for people who don't seem to like what we've worked on. Or we make all these plans only to have God blow through a snowstorm and everything gets canceled. And now we got to try to figure out, well, when are we going to meet and get our presents? When are we going to meet and have all our food? Jesus Christ was born for none of that. He was born for what we saw and heard tonight. That sinners, by God's grace, would come to saving faith in the babe. Bethlehem. And I hope that means, you see, that when I read those words from that form, you do well to think about your own baptism. That we don't just think about Diamond then, but we think about ourselves. This is what it's really all about. Jesus came for this purpose, to be my Savior, to be my Lord. And that I then have the responsibility to go, to proclaim. Mark and I didn't even coordinate this. This is the way God's Word works. He began with the Great Commission. This is what we're seeing. This is what we're witnessing. Why? Because this is what we're called to do. To what? Go out into the world and proclaim a Savior has come. And this Savior is also our Lord. And He has given to us His commandments. He has given to us His Word so that we might live by that Word. He not only saves us, He preserves us within the context, within the confines of his truth. He keeps us. You know, you throw a life preserver to somebody out there in Lake Michigan in the last couple of days, and if they're not inside the preserver, it does no good. 
And if the preserver is no good, it does no good. But our life preserver is God Almighty who will never let us sink, who will never let us fail because he's put his ring of truth around us to guard us and to protect us, applied to us by his Holy Spirit, given to us as a gift from the babe of Bethlehem. Yeah, Christ was born for this. Christ was born for this. And it saddens me. It saddens me to no end. To see churches that even before the storm were saying, oh, we're not going to have church Christmas night. No. Because obviously Christmas isn't about Christ. It must be all about us and all about our family and all about the things we have to do. What better thing? To be here worshiping and seeing with our own eyes, hearing with our own ears, Christ was born for this. Christ was born for this sinner and for you. Let's bow in prayer. Father, here we come on a Lord's Day evening. A day, Father, in which we celebrate the coming of your Son as the babe of Bethlehem. Father, there was this day in history. It took place. It happened. The Word became flesh and dwelt among us. Even as John will go on to say, and we have beheld his glory. The one who came to destroy the works of the devil. The one who came to ransom us from our sin. The one who came to give his life. The one who came to save sinners. Father, we celebrate tonight your gift of grace in Diamond's life. A gift of grace that has been accompanied by faith and trust in Christ alone and a desire to serve him. We thank you. We thank you, Father, that tonight we were able to witness the purpose for which Christ comes. And when we go home, and as we stand before that mirror tonight, let us look at another one for whom Christ came, a sinner, redeemed by a Savior and Lord. In the glorious name of Christ we pray and God's people say, Amen.